You want to kick the coffee habit, but you're worried about your energy levels. To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure that you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. That's drinkhydrant.com slash baseball for 25% off your first order. 15. Do we need to rethink our rankings for the top picks? And which players are worth reaching for even in the early rounds? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not it. had the three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, June 15th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here with Derek Van Riper. And DVR, it's... Uh, you know, kind of the same story again today as it's been many, many days that we've um, done episodes for this show. Uh, we seem to be moving almost inevitably towards a 50-game season. Uh, we've had the back and forth between the owners and the players' union. But uh, at this point, there's there's a complete standoff there. And uh, Tony Clark said as much as, you know, we give, tell us when we're going to play our, our 50 games or so. So is that your is that also your impression of where we're at? Yeah, I just think the Players Association is done putting forth proposals that are just going to be outright rejected. They're probably sick of getting proposals from the owners that are almost identical, but just like reshaped in terms of <laughs> the actual uh, details. Like They're identical in terms of compensation, things of that nature, but... I just think we're going to get, yeah, maybe 54 games is the number I've landed on recently because if you're going to play in a league where you've got three divisions with 10 teams each, you got nine other teams to play, you want to play them home for three and away for three, uh, nine times six is 54. That's that's where I got my number from, and that's kind of where I'm just going to rest for now. Yeah, well, I mean, we get a few extra games that way, and it, you know, there's a certain logic to it, and I, I actually saw you put that out on Twitter and my immediate reaction was like, why haven't I seen this before? <laughs> it makes makes too much sense. So maybe we uh, we will wind up with that 54-game schedule. Uh, you know, that said, while I just said probably less than a minute ago that it seems like a 50-ish game season is inevitable, uh, just the um, the negotiations between the owners and the and the players union, that's really only, you know, part of what we need to be paying attention to here. There are still concerns about the uh, the COVID pandemic. And uh, the one of the more recent items in relation to that uh, that has been reported is that there's been uh, an unnamed major league pitching coach and an unnamed player who is on a 40-man roster who have both contracted the virus. So, uh, you know, we're certainly uh, not we're not necessarily, uh, you know, <laughs> closer to baseball as it seems that we we may be. So, uh, you know, we're, we're still going to have to operate on 
this this contingency uh, this contingent plan that there will be this fifty ish game season, but just to, to put that disclaimer out there that uh, this is obviously something that this being a daily show day by day, we're going to have to have to follow what's going on. But um, with that assumption that we will have a schedule of about 50 games, I want to go back to a piece that was actually we featured on the show last week. And that is uh, the piece that Nando Defina wrote for the athletic, where he talked about um, all the many things uh, from the negotiations to the pandemic uh, to a whole slew of, of concerns that you know we have to take into account in planning for uh, a possible fantasy baseball season. And one of the things that Nando mentioned was that Mike Trout has intimated that he could miss a, a large portion of the season as uh, he and his wife are expecting a child this August, and he wants to be there for the birth of his child, which is, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, you, you would expect that. And um, – the the possibility of a quarantine period is something that you have to sort of tack on to your expectations uh, on when Mike Trout might be playing baseball this year. So Nando, he he went through a process in the piece of of trying to figure out how you value Mike Trout. But DVR, I want to ask you, I mean, I don't think you can really look at him as a first rounder. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm assuming too much. You know, where do you see it uh, being a reasonable thing to, to draft Mike Trout this year? I think for now, until I have more details about what the safety protocols in place are going to look like, I don't want to assume more than a typical sort of paternity list absence. Uh, but if there is going to be some sort of quarantine required, that would significantly change the value of any player in that boat. I think Zach Wheeler is also a player who's uh, expecting an addition to his family at some point during the season. And you know, it's clear that Players in recent years especially have taken that time off as they should. So uh, even in a scenario, if we're talking about a 54-game season and Mike Trout misses three games to be on the paternity list, that is more impactful than it would be over 162 games. But with a player that good, it still would only move him down you know, a spot or two at most if you're even going to downgrade him there at all. So uh, for now, I'm holding him where I have him. I uh, had him as my third-ranked overall player behind Christian Yelich, behind Ronald Acuna. The main reason being both Yelich and Acuna, for me, are much more stable sources of stolen bases. I understand the projections have Trout just a cut above everybody else, but I just don't expect him to run anymore, and I think that's going to be a particularly problematic thing for him, especially in a shortened season where he's probably going to miss at least a few games. So the scenario that Nando raises in his column of Trout missing in, in say, a 54-game season, maybe missing half of that, uh, that's not something that if you had to do a draft today, um, that's that's not a scenario that you would really factor in? No, I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I just don't have enough to go off of yet to believe that it could play or it's likely to play out that way. It's in the range of outcomes because I think as we've learned over the last three months or so, just about anything is possible and usually it's things we can't even imagine. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at this situation right now and, and taking more of a wait and see approach. But uh, look, I understand where the concern comes from with Trout. I know we've talked about you know Carlos Carrasco as someone who uh, battled leukemia last year and like pre-existing health conditions. There's going to be a lot of questions that we are asking in the fantasy baseball community if there is an announcement for a season. You know, there's going to be a lot of questions just that are not 
normal questions that we're thinking about when it comes to player analysis because of how unique the 2020 season could be. Are you looking for a Father's Day gift or are you just missing baseball? Well, dugout mugs might be just the ticket for you. Uh, for one thing, they're, they're truth in advertising. Dugout mugs is a company that started in a college baseball dugout. True story. Um, and what they do is they produce mugs out of the barrel of a baseball bat, 12 ounce mugs from barrels of baseball bats. They're li- licensed by MLB, your favorite team, laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. It's uh, perfect for the big game or just to put on your, your mantle or display wherever you like to do that. It'll, it'll make it a life of the party. And it's a unique gift for a baseball fan. So whether it's for Father's Day or just to bring baseball back into your life, go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic. Use the promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Thinking about this Mike Trout situation, I, I thought of a parallel with the recent uh, MLB draft. Uh, when we talked about this, uh, I think it was on Friday's show, DVR, that uh, the Orioles surprised us a bit with the number two overall pick taking Heston Kierstad. And the reports that, that came out uh, in the aftermath of that were um, that this was a player that the Orioles really liked and he was certainly wasn't going to last till the second round. So they just went for it. Um, and, you know, I thought about that in terms of fantasy because we have, you know, a clear top of the pecking order in terms of fantasy, which you just outlined with Mike Trout being a part of it. I think my perception, and I'm interested to hear, you know, if you have the same perception is that one, one through four, not necessarily the order, but the composition is pretty well set. Um, Acuna, Trout, Yelich, uh, Bellinger, uh, those four. Um, and then after that, I think it, it gets, you know, if you've got the five spot, it, maybe it's an opportunity to, to kind of pull, pull an Orioles move there. Uh, I know that's not something, you know, we necessarily say we want to do given the recent history of the <laughs> Orioles, but, uh, you know what I mean? That, uh, you know, maybe if there's a player that's ranked, uh, you know, like 10th, 11th, 12th, whether you're talking about ADP or, uh, analyst rankings, what have you. You know, maybe there's a player that you're just going to go for there because they're not going to be back when you come around in the second round, and and you just you know maybe you like that player better than the than the uh, the community does. So I guess the two parter. First of all, do you think one through four is pretty pretty solid? And um, you know, do you think that that's a sound move to make? Uh, you know, if you've got the fourth pick or fifth pick or wherever you see that that area of uncertainty emerging. Yeah, I do think one through four are pretty well agreed upon at this point. Um, I think there could be some cases either in the middle, but probably more likely in the the back half of the first round where you could move up one of the top pitchers if you were afraid that, you know, Cole, DeGrom, like those guys can be gone late first round. So if you're picking seventh or eighth, if you want those guys, you would definitely be comfortable taking them there. Uh, but even if you're picking ninth or tenth, Cole and DeGrom are gone, you know, pushing up Max Scherzer, pushing up Justin Verlander. If you're picking at 12 or 13 and all four of those pitchers are gone, maybe taking Walker Bueller in that spot uh, is something you could do. I, I think that's where you're going to see it is maybe pushing up an ace a little bit because the quality of the early round hitters is, is very high. Uh, the other way I guess you could maybe see something like that playing out is with a player like Adalberto Mondesi. And mm. I think it, it's someone who's really uniquely 
valuable because of how he he returns stats, right? I mean, it's such a stolen base heavy profile. And I think prior to the shutdown, there were concerns because he was coming back from shoulder surgery you know, with three extra months of, of rest and rehab. I don't think those health concerns are, are quite as high as they were back in March. So I think you could see Adalberto Mondesi maybe as the type of player that you could justify taking at the end of round one or early part of round two, even though his ADP tends to be uh, a bit later than that because he's probably not going to come all the way back to you in round three. And there's there's a case to be made for him being capable of doing something that only a very small handful of players in the pool are even capable of doing. Yeah, now that's a that's an interesting way to go there. I hadn't thought about Mondesi. I did think about the first possibility that you raised in terms of bumping up pitchers. I think that could make a lot of sense. A couple of players that I I did think about. One would be um, Nolan Arenado. And the reason I was thinking maybe he's somebody you prioritize now on, on Fantasy Pros, he is currently, I think, uh, 11th. Um, yeah, in, uh, in ADP. And, you know, I, I could see taking him at, at number five, possibly, because if you look at the, the big four, um, Acuna, Yelich, and Bellinger blew away the field in terms of roto value last year. Um, one, two, three. Uh, Rafael Devers was a distant fourth. And Mike Trout finished seventh, but he played a lot less than the, the players in front of him. So, you know, I think you could argue that, you know, those four players are coming in off of seasons where they were ahead of ahead of the field by a good margin. And there's no reason to think that any one of them is going to be notably worse in 2020 uh, on, a, on a per game basis. So um, Arenado, though, he's um, he's, you know, right there. He played a little less than um, than Rafael Devers, who, as I mentioned before, was fourth, but was very close to him in value. And I don't see Arenado really dropping off um, this year. So. Uh, and I think you could make an argument for him and also Juan Soto, because I think that there's something of a drop in tears at, at outfield once he's off the board and you just might want to, you know, nab that, that outfielder, you got four outfield eligible players that are all in that, that top four. And if you, you know, you want a high quality outfielder, I do think Soto is not in the same league as those, those first four, but I also think he's ahead of, of any other outfielder you could get uh, with your second round pick. Yeah, I think there is a, a tier break between Soto and J.D. Martinez and Bryce Harper. Those are the next couple outfielders I have in Same my group. ranks. Uh, Starling Marte is kind of in that next group. Uh, Charlie Blackman's in that group for me. Austin Meadows. Yeah, there. I, I would agree with you. And I think of those players, of those, those next cluster guys, J.D. Martinez falls more than I think he should. Uh, I think he's one of those players whose floor is kind of like an Arenado. It's just an exceptionally high floor, great batting average, plenty of power, outstanding run production. I think the one thing that's pulled back on the J.D. Martinez ceiling for me uh, is Mookie Betts no longer being in Boston. I think there's a big drop from Betts to Alex Verdugo, and I think J.D. Martinez is going to feel that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think so too, as well. So, uh, yeah, I would, you know, draw the line before him, uh, to, to be sure. Uh, so one other news item that I don't want to get totally buried here, uh, from, from the weekend is this, um, 2017 
letter uh, from MLB to the Yankees in regard to uh, sign stealing. Uh, there's a piece by Evan Drellick in the athletic, uh, judge orders, 2017 MLB letter to Yankees unsealed plaintiffs say it details sign stealing. Um, is this anything that you think is, uh, worth, uh, keeping tabs on, uh, or do you think that this is not really gonna be all that relevant? I think it's worth keeping tabs on. I I'm curious to see how the details of what the Yankees were doing compares to, you know, what the Astros were doing and what the Red Sox uh, were punished for well, what Alex Cora mostly was punished for. But uh, yeah, I think this is a case, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And uh, I want to see I want to see what those letters uh, tell us about what the Yankees were up to in 2017. Is that your way of saying that you think Mike Fires is going to be uh, teammates with Justin Smoke? <laughs> that's such yeah. an old and bad pun. Yeah, that's not it's not your best. Um, I don't think the Brewers are interested in Mike Fires, so I'm going to say no. I figured you'd be the person to ask that. <laughs> so and they've had him before. So I, I don't know. A second stint in Milwaukee, probably not. Probably not. No, really reaching there uh, from a, a news and from a, a pun perspective. But do check out uh, Evan Drolk's uh, piece uh, in the Athletic. Um, yeah, there'll be something that we'll we'll certainly come back to in the next few days. And uh, that's going to be all, though, for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Uh, so for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>